This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to, to today's Invest Talk. It is December 19th, 2018. We're getting really close to Christmas, and there is no Christmas rally in sight. We're going to get a relief rally. Just so you know, we will get a relief rally. It might not be till January, but we will. And you can blame today's market action on the Fed, the Federal Reserve. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. Our daily objective has never changed since we've been doing this show for over 20 years. And that is to help you achieve the goal of becoming a better investor, above average investor. And we promise to provide as, as the best information as possible, as unbiased as possible. That's our, that's our commitment. Give you information that you can actually use. Okay, and to get through to Invest Talk, to ask your questions, because it is a call in show, the line is 888 99CHART. 888 992 4278. And we're live right now. And as, uh, as expected, everybody expected the Fed to raise rates today a quarter point. But the market, the investors, the people that matter when it comes to moving price stocks up and down, expected, they knew the rate increase is coming. That wasn't what the issue was. What they said, what the Federal Reserve said after that. And Chairman Powell made it clear that there's going to be two more interest rates going forward next year as opposed to three. And they did say they would be they would be subject to market data, and the market expected it to be more dovish. You know, say stuff like, "Well, don't say anything about how many, but we'll be driven by what's going on." It feels like the Federal Reserve is ignoring the things around them in the world. They're looking at backward-looking data, not forward-looking information. To me, that's what it looks like to me. Because if they look forward, for any any market participant, we see more trouble forward. We see Europe in big trouble. We see China slowing down in growth. We see uh, a, a trade war with China and us not getting resolved anytime soon. We we see more trouble ahead for con- in in the in the Congress, and we meaning the the investment community. The Federal Reserve says. He actually admitted there's not much inflation in his speech, and he said that he they totally ignore one other big item that they've done addressing that not too many people are talking about, and that's the balance sheet that they're running off. Remember, they have four trillion. Well, they're letting that run off, meaning they're they're not re-upping the balance sheet. Therefore, just that alone is taking out liquidity in the system. They're ignoring things. I guess they're going to do like they've done every time for I don't know how many recessions. Wait till it's too late because they should not be raising rates now. Mark my words, I think they should should have stopped some time ago. If we go into recession, I want the right to say, see, I told you so. (laughs) But I just think they're making a mistake here. I do. I'm not the only one. There's a lot of us. The market thinks it is. I'd see what the market is. Remember, the market itself is a leading economic indicator. Remember that. It's one of the most durable leading economic indicators. Anyway, there was at least two other stories that were pretty big this morning. Pfizer and Glasgow 
are teaming up. They will unite their consumer health businesses together. Hmm, they're trying to gain some heft to have some market weight. We'll see how that goes. Out. Do you see the more trouble for Facebook too? Facebook has signed an FCC agreement. FCC agreement and and uh, and saying that they would not release customer data without customer consent. They signed that agreement in 2011, and apparently Facebook has has been giving user data to as many as 150 other companies without informing their users. Hmm. So who got that data? Where did it go? So they said that they wouldn't do it without customers' uh, uh, customers' consent back in 2011, and guess what? They totally ignored that. That won't go over well with the FCC. Cheap oil is good for the economy, good for consumers. It might not be so great for stocks, oil stocks, but it's you know it's cheaper. Oil and gasoline, that's all cheaper. That's a good thing. Good thing. But it's not reflecting in the stock market, that's for sure. Anyway, and the computer market is overloaded with memory chips. And you've seen uh, Micron is hurting, stock hurting, a couple other chip companies are hurting because of that. FedEx is cutting jobs and they had, you know, think about it. FedEx is cutting jobs and their stock got hit pretty high. And they're cutting jobs and cutting because they don't need them. So are we saying that FedEx is the only one that has more employees than they need? And if that is so, does that mean the package delivery business is slowing down? And if that is so, does that mean economies are slowing down? Right? The stronger the economy, more packages get delivered. See, that's the kind of thing that the Fed is just kind of ignoring. This could be, you know, could be a little, little yellow, red, yellow flag up there. Um, anyways, they said their overseas business is not doing so great. Well, that's because, you know, possible recessions there. And they bought, they bought a company a few years ago in Europe and not doing so good. So those are some of the pretty interesting bit, you know, news bits I saw today. Blue Apron shares were down a buck. Remember Blue Apron? That's that meal kit business, food delivery. My buck might be just because of the market. Who knows for sure? Anyways, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Um, let's see, where are we? Where are we? Oh, we're, we're going to start off with a phone call. We're going to go to BJ in Fremont. How you doing, BJ? How's it going? Uh, going good, and thanks for taking my call. Uh, see, it was nice to listen to your point of view about interest rate, but I kind of have a different opinion, and okay. uh, I think Fed are not stupid. Uh, looking at the current uh, situation and uh, market dynamics, I think interest rates should be higher, and uh, that will basically weed out the froth in the market. All the companies which are highly leveraged, and uh, this thing, they will come down to the realistic uh, uh, value. And if they continue to give this cheap money, then the status quo will maintain. And I think uh, that's what the street doesn't like. They want to maintain the status quo and uh, uh, uh-huh. cheap, easy money access to that. Uh, I think economy is doing pretty good. Um, uh, and feds want to be ready. When tomorrow there is a need, they need to have a cushion of enough interest rate uh, 
um, numbers so that they can lower it to stimulate the economy. But if they continue oh, doing yeah. that uh, and if this uh, status quo maintained, tomorrow there will be bigger this thing. So this shock is much, much healthier in my opinion to the market. And coming new mm-hmm. year, people will adjust to it. Market will adjust and it will stabilize and consolidate here. And I think going forward, okay. uh, economy will grow at a moderate rate, not the 4%, but okay. uh, 2.53 rate. I would BJ, I will agree with you that the rates should be higher in in, in a perfect in a perfect world. They would be around three to three and a half percent right now. But the Federal Reserve caused this problem by lowering them so low to zero and doing that QE. Now, remember, they're not only raising rates, they're reducing liquidity by re- reducing their balance sheet. That, that reducing the balance sheet is equivalent of, you know, about every $10 billion that they reduce is equivalent of about a quarter point raise because it's taking out liquidity. So, in essence, even though they've raised the Fed fund rate only a quarter point each for the last two years, they've taken more liquidity out of the system than, than it shows because of their reducing the balance sheet, which they should do too. I'm not even arguing that. I'm BJ, I think they should be at 3%. But since they've been constantly marching this interest rate up and reducing their liquidity under their balance sheet, that's had a more adverse effect than it, than it should. If they would maybe continue their, uh, continue their balance on their balance sheet for a while or reduce it slower and maybe increase rates slower, then I would have no problem. I think they should have been raising rates, and I said so on this radio show, long before they started raising rates. But they didn't. So now we got themselves in a bind. And I'm thinking they're going to push us. If they keep raising rates, they're going to push us into a recession. And that's the exact thing they're trying to avoid. Isn't that their job, not to push us into a recession? Anyways, I, good point, PJ. I understand, and I can see the opposite argument. I really can. I think it's a good argument on the opposite side. I just think mine's a little bit better. I'm not saying they shouldn't raise rates. I'm thinking they should stop for a year, it's nine months. Let's see what happens with all the rate increases you did already because it takes months and months to filter into the system. Months. So that's what I'm saying. Good call, though, BJ. I appreciate your opinion. And see, everybody else, I want your opinions. You know, if you have a logical, good opinion, give it. If you don't, I'm going to tell you. That doesn't seem logical. But if you do, and BJ's arguments were very sound, very sound. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want to invite you to join me and Justin for our next free live webinar. It's going to be Thursday, December 27th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Volatility can be your enemy or your friend. It comes down to making the right decisions when opportunities present themselves, which they always do, even in a bear market. This is one reason why you should be part of our free live webinar, Thursday, December 27th. All you have to do is register at investtalk.com. That's it. we got a one-minute break here. And, of course, I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. Christmas holiday is fast approaching, so as we move through the final trading days of 2018, this might be a good time to ask yourself an important question. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? 
Well, you can get answers and learn more at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, today's main talking point. With five countries now suffering in a bear market, is the U.S. next? We're not in one yet, but we're going to worry. I want to talk about the existing home sales also. And why maybe the Dow is poised for its worst. Why is the Dow poised for its worst December since 1931? 1931. And uh, did you see the, that the U.S. farms have stopped bringing back money from, from their foreign profits recently? Most recently. Those are things I want to talk about. But what do you want to talk about? The market was down 352 points on the Dow. The Nasdaq down 147 points. The S&P down 39. That was after the market was up a couple of hundred points on the Dow in the morning. So you had a five, six hundred point swing in one day. Now that's been, what, three days out of the four we've had that kind of movement or more. And today it was the first time I saw a little bump up in uh, trading volume, trading volume, meaning that the market was down big on a higher volume. If we can see a, a shake, what we call a shakeout or an exhaustive sell-off, that would give me more comfort in that we're very close to the end of this quote-unquote correction. If we don't see that, the market just keeps trickling down. I can't tell you when it's going to stop. It just It's hard to know. It's just hard to know. So those are things we're going to talk about. Of course, you always come first, you with your calls. I, I'm second. But, you know, it's the existing home sales report I thought was very interesting, especially for us people on the West, the West Coast of the United States. Anyways, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I invite you to check out our new online training experience called Invest Talk Academy. Josh and I are uh, dedicated to making Invest Talk Academy a valuable learning tool for everybody, all serious investors. We're working on it. We're going to continue improving it. I think it's very interesting. I think people get a lot out of it. And you can learn more about it on investtalkacademy.com. I'm ready for your calls. Ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. The KPP Premium Newsletter, distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Okay, 888-99-CHART is our number. We're going to go talk to Manu in Fremont. I'm sure he has a pretty strong opinion about interest rates. How you doing, Manu? <laughs> Uh, good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I agree actually with the Fed. Actually, in my opinion, Fed should have uh-huh. raised rates 100 basis points. Uh, let me give you the uh, reason. Way, way back, starting March, when Greenspan has to come in the middle to raise the rates uh, uh, by 50 or 75 basis, Fed is late. They should have started in 2016 when Trump gave the tax cut. That caused... Manu, hold on. Hold on, Manu. Manu, Manu, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. 
I would agree with you. If they should have raised them faster back then, and then we would be at three percent now, and then he wouldn't have the pressure of raising rates. So I agree with you on that on that basis. They should have done it back then. I'm talking about today. You're agreeing with him what's happening today, and I'm I'm not sure sure. But go ahead. Raise now, the bubbles will grow bigger. And then they have to come back, and lot of people will lose money. Right now, they are still behind because the Trump cut held the hedge funds, not a common, because the common people will start buying the keep buying, and the hedge funds are manipulating. So Trump helps the rich, not the common man. Those tax cuts. Ten one billion dollar IPOs are getting to ten billion now. So those companies yeah, who will lose the money. Well, Manu, I appreciate your question, your your opinion, and you know I, I'm glad it's it, it's always cogent. Your opinion, your 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 opinion is always well thought out. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Let's go to Gary in San Jose. How you doing, Gary? Hey, I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, listen, I'm looking at uh, a Ford Motor Company, and you know I was mm-hmm. looking at both. It's kind of comparing Ford and Toyota. You know, Ford is down and to the right for quite a few years, and and Toyota is up and to the right, and and so it doesn't seem to be, you know, sort of like a like an industry problem, but Ford seems to be having a, a little bit of a a problem. But right now, they're sitting at, I think, what looks to be like their lowest P.E. ratio. I think it's like five and five and a half, five and yep. five point eight, something yep. like that. And yeah. and they pay a pretty good dividend. And so I'm just looking at this and thinking, is is this a, a reasonable time to get into Ford? And and if it is or 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 because I can't really tell if it's actually stopped its slide downward. So is this a reasonable yeah, time to, to get into Ford? No. You want to know why? Yes, you're right, you. though. It's cheap. It is cheap. You're 100% right. Their earnings are going to drive it down to be cheap. Actually, their earnings are going to be a $1.33 a share this year. That's down from $1.78 last year and $1.93 in 2015. It's $1.33 this year. And then another $1.33 next year is the estimate, so no growth. So why am I saying no? Because auto industry, the industry itself is very, very cyclical. In other words, the economic cycle, we're at the top of an economic cycle and the investors are looking forward and saying, uh-uh, we're at the top. And so not time to be in auto companies because when the recession hits a year from now or whenever it hits, these stocks are going to get killed and the earnings are going to crash. That's why it looks cheap now. But it won't look cheap if their sales start to fall because of recession. I'm telling you, that's how the mark, the investors, the people are looking at Ford are looking at auto industry. Too cyclical and dangerous. And Ford in particular has a lot of debt. And when you have a lot of debt and you go into recession and your earnings go down, the stock, is that you get it gets cheaper and cheaper. Okay, so it's, it's not, even though the numbers right now look great, Everybody's looking forward and say they're not going to look so good. That's what the investors are saying. And it hasn't done falling on the chart. The chart's still showing it's going down, so it's too early to get in. Gary, appreciate the call. That's Ford. Symbol is F, Ford Auto. You know, everybody didn't have to describe what it was. Let's go to Bob in Sacramento. How you doing, Bob? 
I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. And I totally agree with you. I, I think most of it is because of Trump is why they raised interest rates. That's what I think. But um, yeah, I was I think looking they, at dividends. They had stocks. to raise it. And since everything uh-huh. crashed, um, I was looking yes. at GOV, and I bought a bunch of it. And it even went further down after I bought it. But um, what do you think about that as a long term, uh, for like a 30-year okay. to retire? Okay. Okay. Well, let's look at it. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust. And as soon as I say that word REIT, everybody in their mind should automatically click and say, okay, this stock pays 90% of its earnings in the form of dividend to the shareholders, and it avoids income tax at the corporate level. Okay? Do I got a minute left, guys? Okay. Okay, I'm going to... uh, Bob, I'm going to have to pick this up because I don't want to just give you a really quick answer. I, I want to give it a little bit more time. So I want to pick it up after the, the break here. And I hope you can hold on. If not, that's fine. But I'm going to pick it up. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is on track for its worst December since 1931. Well, I was going to talk about that today. I'm going to have to come up with another one for tomorrow. Okay. That's tomorrow. We'll pick another topic for that one. This is Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your call and questions. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein invite you to join them for their next free live webinar, Thursday, December 27th, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Understand the current market environment. Develop a plan to manage the risk in your portfolio. Plus, get a special webinar preview of 2019 and learn where to expect to find investment opportunities. An all-new live webinar, December 27th, and it's free. All you have to do is register at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and the lines are open. Call now, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and we're glad you're with us today for one hour of financial news and perspective. And your decision-making process can benefit from this practical and unbiased advice, especially if you consult with Steve or Justin. Step up now with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Bob, I appreciate you holding on, really. So Bob, he wants to know about GOV, Government Property Income. It is a REIT that owns and acquires and develops office industrial properties leased primarily to government tenants. Okay, and he was really loving that dividend, aren't you, Bob? There's a dividend you really like. Cause I love it. It's sitting at 24%, everybody. <laughs> now, I don't, it's a $7 <laughs> stock, and they make $1.56. So can they pay twenty four percent on on seven seven dollars? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wouldn't that be about a dollar fifty, two dollars, dollar seventy five? And only yeah, the stock has. But they're gonna. The problem is, Bob. I don't think they can keep up that dividend. I think that that's optimistic. Ninety percent of a dollar fifty five. You know, is ninety plus for a dollar thirty-five or so, uh, and yeah, it would be difficult for them to to, to keep up twenty-four percent. So they will pay a high dividend, and the only trouble you will have is if we do go in an economic slump, 
And I think that's why you're seeing the chart look so bad because the the, th the thinking is that we are going to go into an economic slump. Now, the market could be wrong. I mean, that's possible, but the market is usually usually right. So um, if you if you want to buy more, I'd wait a while. I'd wait till it stops going down and starts to recover. Okay, Bob, okay. thanks. Appreciate the call. GOV, thank you very much. Let's go to Amit in San Jose. He wants to talk about PM, which is, I think, Altria Group, isn't it? No, Philip Morris. Uh, Philip Morris. Not, yeah. Yeah, Philip so, Morris. So, yeah, is it a good stock to own at this time? Is it a good entry point or it's not a good stock for bear market? It is a, It actually is a good stock for bear market. It actually is, okay. even though it's been looking pretty, looking pretty stinky the last three or four days. Philip Morris is the tobacco company, but everybody makes cigarettes sold worldwide. Uh, they had some bad press, they meaning the tobacco industry with those vaping things and teenagers uh, getting hooked on the vaping, and so they're not good. But long term, you buy these tobacco stocks for the dividends, and this one pays 6.3% at this point, at this price of $72 a share, and it, that means that the PE is right around 14 Earnings are rising next year and the year after. They rose this year, and they're pretty consistent. Sales is not very strong, flat to maybe 5%, 7%. That's about it growth on the sales. But it is a very good long-term long investment on meat. You might want to wait till the stop's going down, then enter. This is one of those stocks you can buy. If you buy it right, you can buy it really cheap and live off that 6.3 or, or higher dividend because they've been paying dividend and increasing their dividend every year for years and year, decades. Okay. Decades. Okay. So, yeah, okay, it so is. It and I will tell you this. Wait a little while. Go ahead. I, I think so. You want to wait till this calms down and the stock market calms down, then you enter it. Okay? Okay. So, okay. just give it a little time. Thanks, Amit. That's PM, everybody. Philip Morris. Jerry in Palo Alto. How you doing, Jerry? Good. How's it going, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. Good. So, Amazon uh, went below 15 today. My garage is, is filled with a bunch of empty boxes, so they're at least selling to me. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, everyone's taking a hit. What do you think? Yeah. Amazon's doing Amazon's doing great, Jerry. They're not suffering any financial uh, problems whatsoever. They're growing nicely. They continue to grow. It's a very good company, and uh, you know they dominate, dominate. And just because the stock price has gone down from two thousand down to fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred ninety-five dollars, everybody's thinking, "Oh, what's wrong with Amazon?" There's absolutely nothing wrong with Amazon. That's about twenty-five percent, right? Uh, is that is that right? Am I doing the math there? I'm just, anyways, um, just because just because they've gone down doesn't mean there's anything wrong with Amazon. It was just overpriced. So you just have to decide, Jerry. Is it still overpriced, or is it going to come down further? Fifteen hundred is a very strong support area for Amazon. In other words, it's gone down here a couple three times and bounces. Now, so therefore, it might be a good place to pick it up. But they're going to make $26.69 next year per share. So if that's true and the stock is $1,500 divided by $26.69 and you got a P.E. ratio of 56. So the forward P.E. ratio is 56. The current P.E. ratio is 96. 
And I can tell you, Jerry, that's not cheap. That's expensive. But the stock is growing 30 40% in sales every quarter, so it might be justified at that level. But it's, it's very, it's just expensive. Now, if you buy, Jerry, if you buy Amazon, put it in your portfolio and ignore it for the next five years, you'll make a lot of money. But if you track it and it crashes, you should buy more, not get out. Okay? Because it's that kind of stock. It's very strong. The market cap is $731 billion. That's huge. Huge. Amazon. A-M-Z-M. Chris, Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Hey, uh, I just want to know your opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm 38. I'm heavily invested. Uh -huh. I'm fighting the bullet, getting hit pretty hard. I don't know. Should I just let it go and just keep, keep invested and maybe check it two years from now? Okay, um, are you are you a dollar cost averaging in a four hundred one k? Are you are you just you, are you adding to it or not adding to it? What to your to your investments? What are you doing? Um, my four hundred one k always backs it every year. Um, uh huh. I'm I'm just talking about my individual stock investments. Okay, if you have a proper balance, in other words, you don't have too much of any one stock. You, have, you don't have too much of any one sector, and I'll give you the numbers. No more than 5% of any one stock, no more than 15 to 18% of any one sector, and you're across sectors, I would not worry about it. You're 38. you got plenty of time. Even if it goes down 30%, it'll make it all back up very easily over the next few years. You know, it may not be as fast. Remember, in 2008, the market went down 50% in one and about and it took about a year to go down to about fifty percent, and then it took less than a year to make it all up. So you know if you cannot, what worries, what you don't want to sell, you don't want to sell at the bottom. Now I'll say I'll mention this, Chris. Next time the market really takes off, and you hear me and other pundits saying it looks like it's really overvalued, it looks crazy, you know, it looks expensive, just take some off the table. Don't get out. Just take some profits off the table and stay in cash for a while until the next recession. You know Warren Buffett puts the most money in the market during a recession. That's how he makes such great numbers. Buy in the recession. But you got to have cash to buy in recession. So, so how do you get the cash? You know how he does it? His insurance company keeps paying him money, paying Berkshire Hathaway, putting cash in the coffers every month, all the time. And he hasn't spent it. He has the most cash he's ever had. He's waiting. He's waiting for an opportunity. And that's the next recession. Whenever he waits until it comes. He's patient. Now, he does invest along the way, but everybody gets, oh, Warren Buffett bought some Apple. Oh, yeah, great. Oh, look at that. Well, but that's not his, that's not, that's pocket change to him. He put, you know, $500 million in Apple. Pocket change to him, you know, for us, you know, it's huge, but not to him. He, you know, when last recession, he bought 10, he gave, was it Goldman Sachs? $10 billion he invested in Goldman Sachs. I think it was Goldman Sachs. $10 billion at the depth of the recession. $10 billion. So that's what you do, Chris. Don't worry about it. Rebalance, 
If you rebalance and you take profits on one so you can get a proper balance, just don't reinvest it anytime soon. Just take your time. Today's main talking point with five countries now suffering in bear markets is the U.S. next. Well, it's very difficult for us to be the lone strong stock market. What are the five countries? How about China? Bear market. Country, these are countries with their, they, from their main indexes have gone down 20% or more. China, Germany, remember I told you Germany had the last quarter, their GDP shrunk for the first time. If they shrink again this quarter, that means that they'll be in a recession. And Germany's 20 plus percent of the whole EU's economy. Italy, Mexico, South Korea. If these markets fall 20% or more, which is a bear market, it is very difficult for the U.S. market to maintain above, you know, not going into a recession, not going, not a recession, I'm sorry, not going into a bear market. Right now, we're, what, down, depends on what index you're talking, but we're down 10, 15% or so in that range from the, from our highs, and, you know, that's that's very painful. You know, everybody, and actually the market is really worse off than that because as I told you uh, several times, more than 50% of the S&P 500 are down more than 20%, but the whole S&P 500 is not. And, you know, that, that we got some new numbers. I have always said about 50% of earnings from, uh, the S&P 500 comes from overseas, and now it's only 37% because it's changed, right? Tariffs, costs, strong dollar, that kind of thing. And also what's interesting is um, 80% of Germany's DAX index comes from outside their country, 80%. Okay, so that gives you how dependent they are on trade. Germany is. They're having troubles. Fascinating stuff. I, I find it very interesting. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's painful. You know, this this correction we're going through is painful and it's gotten a little bit more painful. Um, but to some degree, when you know, earlier, on our earlier caller, we were talking about interest rates um, and we were talking about Manu is saying that the, the market has to reprice itself, basically. And raising rates helps that reprice. He's, he's right. His, his point is well taken. You know, so the market's repricing itself. We, we have an elev the average P.E. ratio for the S&P 500 over long periods of time is 15. 15. We've been at higher than that for quite some time. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to revert to the mean at some point. I think we're, we're about, let's see, I'm just trying to give us a good, we're about 16, 17 maybe. So it's repricing. But remember, that's the average. It goes above it and it goes below it. So so we're still kind of pricey. We still got the whole overall market. Okay. Let's go to Cherie in San Mateo. How you doing, Cherie? I'm doing good, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I actually have two questions. One is Google. Uh, when do you think it's the best time to, now that I see that it's falling down, when is the best time to pick it up? Um, is this the right time or should I wait for more? Okay. Uh, okay, Google. 
G-O-O-G is a symbol, and I don't think I have to tell anybody who, who Google is. At this price, right around 1,000 points, is that 1,023? Uh, 1,000, that's yes. what the share price is. It has gone there four or five times in the last year, and every time it's gone there, it's bounced up. So now the question is, is it going to do it again? It had a pretty volatile day today. It's 1,023. If I were you and I really wanted to get into Google, I might buy half my position here, Cherie, because on a chart, it looks like it's right at support. And their stock is 1023 and they're going to make $47.19 next year. So 40, let's find out what the forward, forward PE is. That's a 21 forward PE with growth rate between 20 and 25% on sales. That's fairly reasonable, and the lowest PE they've had in the last five years is 23. So Google is a much better buy than Amazon in the caller before because it's a much reason, much more reasonable price. So I'm kind of giving you a, a thumbs up here, but the market may not be done with this correction, Sheree. That's the only reason why I'm giving you a thumbs up and a thumb sideways, you know, with buy only half of your position, just in case it falls. But I think this is a good price, no matter what. Okay. Got it. And the second question is, uh, so I'm a first-time investor. Um, so some people are advising me to do start off with uh, penny stocks, but I remember you were saying that penny stocks no. are the worst ones. Do not. Do not invest in penny stocks, Sheree. Please. You'll lose almost all your money. And hmm. you might get lucky. You might. But that's like rolling the dice in Vegas or playing the lottery. If you're going to invest, buy companies like Google that actually make money and grow their sales and, you know, are strong. You know, your penny stocks, 80, 90% of them go out of business within a year or two. Don't do it, Cherie. Don't. That's not a good way to learn how to invest. Your Google idea is a much better investment over any length of time. Appreciate the call, Cherie. Thank you. If you want to talk about penny stocks more, give me a call and I'll tell you all the reasons why I hate them. Number one, my number one rule for everybody, don't buy stocks that don't make money. And almost every penny stock has no hope of ever making money. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. It's Wednesday, the Wednesday program. We're winding down. We got what, about 10 more minutes left? And remember, please keep our anytime listener line open around the clock. You can call, you can call anytime. You know, you just leave a message, leave your question there, and we'll answer on the next program, I promise. But at the moment, I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk, our Treasury Secretary has weighed and measured the recent destruction that put the Dow Jones Industrial Average on track for its worst December since 1931. And he thinks there's a simple reason. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk about that Facebook problem. I think this is a major story, by the way, everybody, and a major problem for Facebook. Okay, so let me give you some little bit of background here. Um, um, what happened here, what we're talking about is Facebook, you know, um, open, 
They started with agreeing a number of years ago not to share the information without permission of the Facebook participants, you people out there on Facebook. They agreed with FCC years ago, a number of years ago. And they didn't do it. They, they shared all their information with a lot of different places. Last night, the New York Times published a story alleging Facebook shared tons of amounts of data with partners of theirs. The allegation was based on internal documents from Facebook and interviews with 50 former employees. And the, the Times article says Facebook even allowed some companies like Spotify, Bing, and Royal Bank of Canada to access users' private messages. So here you're talking back and forth with your friend and someone's spying on you. Someone's looking at it, reading it. It says some companies were allowed to view certain information from users' Facebook friends without explicit con- uh, con- consent. And, here, you know, remember, it's kind of creepy, don't you think, that they can look at your private messages and you think that's not going to attract lawsuits? Of course, the stock fell 7.3%. There is a lawsuit from Washington, D.C. Attorney General. You don't think that's going to cause class action lawsuits? And there is this is a dead loser. They are going to lose every one because they agreed not to share this information. It's a loser. This is going to cost them big bucks. Okay, how many, How big a big bucks? No one really knows. Uh, I would shy away from Facebook because of this, because the damage is going to be unknown, and it's going to take years for it to finally come to determine. You know, I just don't think it's a wise thing to be in Facebook. They're big enough to, to handle it. They'll they'll handle it, but the stock price of the stock, it's going to be under pressure for many for a long time. I can't tell you. They had to get on top of this quickly, quickly. Now, the existing home sales report came. It was much higher than expected, much higher than expected. But remember, this report, a monthly report comes out from the National Association of Realtors, 5.32 million units. That was the pace. They expected 5.17 million. Now, at 5.32, that's still lower than a year ago. But that's much better than they expected. And the days on houses, homes on the market uh, actually went up 42 days versus 36 days. So that means they're on the market on average longer. But then if you break it down, this is the most interesting part, by the way. And now I'm getting to the good part, the juicy part. If you break it down by regions in the United States, the Northeast sales jumped 7.2%. The Midwest sales rose 5.5%. The South, in the South, sales rose 2.3%. In the West, they declined 6.3%. 6.3%. Everybody else is growing all over the rest of the country, but not in the West. They shrink a lot. Now, I have seen it. Uh, we're, we're moving into a buyer's market here in the West. Looks like everybody else is still in a seller's market, but we're not out, not us. But with the houses being on the market a few more days, uh, it looks like the market is slowing. And that's that's good for buyers and not so great for sellers. But, you know, it's a normal consequence to go from a buyer's market to a seller's market to a buyer's market. It's a normal consequence. 
Now, with the Fed raising rates, remember, the Federal Reserve only can control one rate, and that's the Fed fund rate. That's it. One rate. That's what they rose today. All the other interest rate, mortgage rates, that's market-driven. Whatever the banks want to charge and then get away with, that's what they'll charge. But usually, other rates follow suit for the Fed rate. That's it for the day. I'm Steve Peasley. Thanks for listening, everybody. I really do enjoy your support on the program. And I, I, I will be happy to welcome you back tomorrow because I'll be here. I want you all to have a great shopping evening because you've got to get that shopping in and have a nice, uh, a nice. well, I'll see you tomorrow at the same time. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.